Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles for conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Jim, you and I have met Christians who add requirements to becoming a member of a local church that are stricter than what the Bible teaches for becoming a Christian. What are we to do when we encounter these people? Good question, Paul. Let's use a method used by Jesus when answering a question. Jesus would ask the questioner a clarifying question. We know that many churches have stricter requirements for joining their local church that are often stronger than the requirements for salvation. For example, could Jesus join your church if he was a different color or race or spoke with an accent. Jesus was brown-skinned according to the color of his family descendants in Israel at the time, and approximately 15% of the world's population today are white. The other 85% are some shade of brown or black. Yet some groups try to keep Christians out of their church based on their skin color or accent. Paul, you've spoken in my home church, a multicultural church. Yes, and I recall you have members from over 75 countries, and my message in English was translated into 10 different languages with people listening in their heart language on a little headset. Exactly. We have the privilege of worshiping with Christians from many cultures, but each one has a common faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Now let's move to another question. Could Jesus join your church if he drank wine? Legalistic Pharisees accused Jesus of being a gluttonous man and a drunkard. That reputation did not come from Jesus eating oatmeal cookies and drinking warm goat's milk in the homes of the tax gatherers and sinners. Jesus instead focused on what came out of the mouth, not what we ate or drank. He taught that what came out of our mouth came from our heart. In Mark seven fourteen to 23, Jesus said, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Our focus is often more on external behavior than internal attitudes. Agreed. Here's another question. Could Jesus join your church if he had no steady income, no home, and no money? Jesus said, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. How could someone with instability and limited income help pay the pastor's salary? We tend to look at Christians and assess them by where they live, their education, their income, rather than assessing their character. Could Jesus join your church if he studied from his Aramaic Bible instead of your approved English translation? 
Paul, you and I know churches that will only permit a Bible to be used that fits their approved translation. Some churches would deny membership to anyone who did not read from their approved version or accepted their favorite additional referenced authors. Here's another question. Could Jesus join your church if he was filled with the Holy Spirit but did not speak in tongues? Some churches pride themselves on having the power of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus sent to earth as the Comforter, but claim you must speak in tongues to prove you are saved and be accepted into church membership. At no time did Jesus ever speak in tongues, even though he was baptized by the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Some of my close friends belong to charismatic churches, and I have spoken in churches where they would allow me to be a visiting speaker, but not a member, unless I spoke in tongues first. Could Jesus join your church if he showed his emotions? Would you want a man in your church membership who knew how to weep at the funeral of a friend, cried over the lost condition of a city of people who were refusing him as their savior, or get so angry he cleaned out all secondary activities from his father's house of prayer? Would you desire to have this man in your church? Good question, Jim. If you just tuned in, you are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. At the end of the program, we'll share how and where you can contact Dr. Jim with your questions or comments. What's your next question for us, Jim? Could Jesus join your church if he helped meet the social needs of people? Let me answer this by using the example of an airplane. It has two wings to allow it to fly. Likewise, the Church of Jesus Christ has two teachings that keep it alive and aloft. The first teaching is evangelism, to tell others Jesus is alive. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said to his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He then adds the second teaching, obedience, to tell others what he taught. Meeting social needs is the application or obedience to the commands of Christ. Jesus said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Like two wings on an airplane, we need both evangelism, telling people how to receive Christ, and obedience, showing them how to obey Christ's teachings. Listen now to what Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples in Matthew 23, and see if these sound familiar in your region. Jesus said, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they do not practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Then Jesus says, Everything they do is for show. On their arms they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. They wear robes with extra-long tassels. They love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. 
They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus begins a series of pronouncements or woes on the Pharisees, even calling them hypocrites. He starts each of the following eight woes with this prelude. I will only read it once. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. Then he goes on. Number one, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourself and you don't let others enter. Do we call ourselves Christians and cause others to want nothing to do with Jesus Christ and Christianity because we are being hypocrites? Woe number two. You shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, you will be severely punished. Do we take money from widows but neglect to visit them and minister to their needs? Woe number three. You cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Do we burden new converts with our extra-biblical legalistic rules to make them like us? Woe number four. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? Do we stay away from movie theaters yet watch pornography on our computer at home? Do we avoid committing adultery but undress women we meet with our eyes? Woe number five, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Do we pick at small things yet ignore important matters? Jesus said the Pharisees constrain at a gnat or a flea and swallow a camel. Woe six, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. Do we have an attitude of entitlement, thinking we deserve a reward because we work so hard for Jesus? Woe number seven. For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Do we appear righteous? but in reality are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness? And finally, woe number eight. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. 
Do we judge others, even historical figures, and end up being the victim of our own judgment? After proclaiming eight woes, Jesus condemns the Pharisees by saying, You servants, you brood of vipers, snakes, how shall you escape the sentence of hell? Perhaps this is why Jesus told his disciples and us today, Be wise as a serpent, like the Pharisees, but be harmless as a dove, as his disciples. Thanks, Jim. A good reminder for us men to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove as we are conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim. His address is menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ.